Hello, Facebook friends. I am coming on here a little earlier tonight for this uh, Weighty Wednesday um, because I have a hot Sam's Club to get office supplies and papers for the paper for the printers and pickleball date tonight. So that's the happening thing tonight because uh, Ray doesn't have any evening students. So anyway, so I'm hopping on here live to do today's Weighty Wednesday. I'm excited, okay, I know, I know, I'm always excited. I'm not just excited because I have my Mickey Mouse watch, my Mickey Mouse necklace, my Minnie Mouse bracelet, and my Disney World shirt on. Those are not the only reasons. I am excited because I have a tip, trick, uh, protocol, method uh, to share with you that actually causes uh, people to start losing weight immediately. And it is not intermittent fasting or plexus, though those two things would definitely help you. But the reason I'm excited about this is because a lot of you who have been following our weight loss journey, you know that um, Ray and I have lost together. Um, I forgot to ask him today, but I think it's 192 together um, over the last many years. Um, 50 of that, 160 of that has been since we started Plexus um, three years ago. So um, yeah, three-fourths of that. Uh, three, when we make our 200-pound goal pretty soon, uh, three-fourths of that will be in the last uh, two and a half years, two years since he started Plexus, and three years since I started Plexus. Um, yeah, really, really excited. But the reason I'm excited tonight, I'm excited every day, every night. The reason I'm excited tonight is because what I have been teaching and what I've been learning that has been helping us to change our lives and our health um, has really been, uh, first of all, finding plexus and realizing that we could lower our cravings, we could increase our energy, we could lower our anxiety, our mood, and all that. And that would have a positive effect on our health as well as on our ability to choose better foods and to eat better and to exercise and things like that. Then enter intermittent fasting. And what that did was that taught, that lowered our insulin and it tamed our hunger hormones and it helped us to hear our satiety hormone, leptin. Um, where you don't really know if you're low in leptin or not, or if you're just not hearing it. Generally speaking, leptin is, means you're full, your satiety hormone. Generally speaking, people who are overweight have a lot of leptin, but they don't hear it. So fasting came along, and then that was another uh, puzzle piece to the puzzle. And then uh, last week I shared about the dopamine spikes that are related to processed foods and packaged foods. And that whole uh, brain thing and, uh, you know, um, not having so many of those uh, dopamine chemicals released causing us to crave, crave, crave and, and uh, build the habits because it's a habit chemical of, of eating, you know, sugar and processed foods over and over and over again. And that was another piece of the puzzle. And um, then actually this piece tonight is a really significant piece to me for weight management because it is something that we used in our parenting for 30 years, 25 years, 20 years. I don't know exactly when, see Joshua's 36, so at least 20 years that we have used uh, with our kids uh, knowing that they don't have all their 
that they don't have all their brains, but that their brains are not fully developed and making decisions and the split moment is very difficult for them, for teenagers. And so we use this concept right here to help them make wise decisions. And here, lo and behold, we could have been using it all of our lives to help us make better food decisions. How cool is that? So anyway, you just you just learn every day. Isn't that so amazing? So that is why I'm so excited to share it with you because it's like all of these pieces are coming together. And it's like, it's what I call the perfect storm or as uh, you'll see in the outline, the lifestyle weight loss. Like what kind of lifestyle changes can we make to cause us to have a weight management protocol that gets us closer to our goal weight and keeps us there? So. The whole concept behind losing weight fast and painlessly is not really a thing. And most of you who are my age probably know this by now. You've probably been like me. You tried so many things that did not work. Um, but it's usually not a thing, at least not for long-term results, right? I just heard of somebody today who'd lost 150 pounds in eight months eating nothing but bars, right? So that would be a fast weight loss, very fast, 20 pounds a month, would not be painless, and of course would not be sustainable. Um, losing weight permanently involves what I call lifestyle weight loss, meaning that you lose weight with the steps and the protocols that you are willing to do for the rest of your life. And those of us, I've lost 100 pounds before, 25 years ago, uh, was very small for a couple weeks before I got pregnant with Jonathan. Um, but those of us who've done that type of thing before we know anything you can lose weight with anything right we all know that to be true but what can we sustain and we have to get to the point if we want permanent weight loss and weight management we have to get to the point where we are willing to say what i'm doing when i reach my goal is what i will be doing forever and until we're ready to say that we either won't get to our goal or there's no reason to get to our goal because we will not stay there so the first thing that we all understand that has to happen for uh, weight loss is a drastic intake reduction, right? Um, overall consumption, just a reduction in our overall consumption. Most of us will need to change this by 30%. This is kind of a number that's been thrown around in most research as far as longevity and um, health into your later years and things like that. And uh, the problem with this 30% reduction is that it's very difficult to do with typical food choices, right? Typical food choices are too calorie dense to lead to a 30% reduction overall. So if you need a 30% reduction overall and you're, you know, you, and to be at your goal weight, you need to eat 1,800 calories. And one third of that is a cream filled long john. That's not going to happen. Right? It's too calorie dense to lead to a 30% reduction overall to get down to that 1800 calories or whatever it might be. And that's calories are not a fine science. Um, I have a new broadcast out at DonnaReach.com called 15 Clues That You Believe Calories Matter, if you're interested in that. Um, but the other problem with these typical food choices is that, is that they are too seductive, too hyper palatable for us to control them. Right, and that goes back to those dopamine spikes that I talked about last week, and that is actually at the blog too, and there's a link to it now um, that you can rewatch it if you'd like with the outline. So the first step in what I feel like would 
the like immediate that people could do that is a little bit pain free, but is also very consistent with the current research and data on habit formation. Because we cannot rely on willpower when it comes to permanent weight loss, when it comes to lifestyle weight loss and lifestyle weight management, because we don't have enough of it. Well, there are a lot of reasons. One reason is we do not have enough of it. Another reason is that we have, um, you know, high insulin causing us to crave. We don't hear, we, our ghrelin is not, our uh, hunger hormone is not under, under control. We don't hear leptin. We um, eat processed foods, which causes us not to hear leptin. Also causes us to, have, processed foods cause us to have these dopamine spikes and overeat. So it's a whole, like, if there's a perfect storm for weight loss, there's also a perfect storm for not weight loss, right? Um, but this step is in the right direction in terms of habit forming and in forms and in terms of being able to actually carry it out. So well, I call this tomorrow's real for me food plan. And what this is, is like I said, we're not relying on willpower, developing habits, and it causes us to be aware of what we are eating. So the little description of what's happening, when you decide what you're going to eat tomorrow, today, that's the crux of it. Okay, I'm gonna explain it in more detail in a little bit. But when you uh, choose today, what you're going to eat tomorrow, all right, we are using our prefrontal cortex. And that is the part of our brain that decides ahead of time. And this is one reason why we use this decide ahead of time with our teenagers so much. We would talk to them before they left the house, just all the time, and we would say, what are you going to do? What will be your response to this? What if you are faced with this? And we talked our teenagers through this process of deciding ahead of time because we A, knew that their brains were not fully developed to make these decisions, and B, we also knew that when you decide things ahead of time, you're more likely to carry it out. Now, this is before we ever knew anything about the prefrontal cortex or habit formations, really. You know, we kind of, we'd read some habit books, but, you know, not as extensively as I have now, and it's before we even knew that the research says that teens do not have their prefrontal cortex developed actually until age 25. So that kind of throws my whole, I've been on this bandwagon to, to raise the driving age because I knew kids' brains were not developed to make decisions. It, like driving, it's such a big, scary decision, you know, all the time, all the decisions are faced with. But my, um, my argument's kind of out the window now because, you know, nobody's going to want to wait till 25. <laughs> but anyway, I knew that there was, you know, that this wasn't developed in teens. I didn't know it was that late. So this prefrontal cortex is a thinking, planning, and self-control part of our brain. And it is what we make decisions ahead of time with. Uh, it's the thinking, planning, and self-control. They're also called executive functions. So, you know, primary or higher level. And um, lots of research about this. It's not like I just came up with this out of the air. Um, but whenever somebody has their prefrontal cortex damaged, they're less able to use long-term strategies, they're as less able to control impulses, and so forth. And it makes sense because the prefrontal cortex is the thing that causes you to do that. Now, when we don't use our prefrontal cortex, when we don't decide ahead of time on anything that is going to be hard later on, uh, we are using what I call our toddler brain. And I love toddlers. I know all about toddlers. I had a lot of them. I know all about teenagers. I had a lot of them. Um, but 
our prefrontal cortex can be likened to our adult brain. And uh, the, the part that we use like primally or like for um, impulse decisions, uh, to eat more pizza when we know we're full, to go through the drive-through, to get you know, a donut and a Coke instead of, you know, eating something maybe uh, that's healthier, all of those things that we are using our toddler brain when we do that. And um, I have a lot of toddler stories. So I like to liken it to an adult going into a store tells the toddler that we are not buying any candy, but you can choose any fruit you want and I will buy you one fruit that you choose. Knowing that if the child chose a $6 small package of raspberries, it would be worth it over a $1 bag of Skittles to develop healthy habits in the child and to not hype the child up on sugar, right? So we're adults and we're thinking with our adult brain, we're thinking with our prefrontal cortex. Of course, the toddler throws a fit, wants the Skittles and so forth. So when we are planning ahead, when we are making our uh, real for me food plan for tomorrow, we are using our um, adult brain. And uh, when we do not plan ahead and when we give in to impulses and cravings and we make decisions on the, off the fly that are maybe less than the best for us, we are using our toddler brain. So I just, I, I, most of you know that I'm in weight loss coaching school and I'm just learning so much. And it's like I said, just coming together for this perfect storm. It's like, wow, that makes so much sense. So um, research shows that when people plan ahead, they use their prefrontal cortex and they usually have intentions to have self-control and to not overeat, right? And we all know about this, right? We're pinning healthy recipes on Saturday night. Monday is going to be our day. Sunday, we clean out the pantry, we stock up on healthier foods, we are using our prefrontal cortex to decide ahead of time, we are making changes, we are going to do this on Monday, right? Because it's a way easier to talk about what you're going to do in the future. And what you're going, when you're talking about something you're going to do in the future, that's when we're using our adult brain. Now, one uh, particular research study that I found interesting was this uh, recurring meeting. And um, the people who were there, uh, you know, had refreshments, but they were supposed to fill out a card about whether next time at the meeting, if they wanted chocolate cake or they wanted fruit for their refreshment. And then the, the host would bring them, you know, the right amounts of food. And something like 75%, 80% check fruit, right? Adult brain, prefrontal cortex, deciding ahead of time, planning ahead, being mature, <laughs> right? I am, I definitely want fruit. You know, I just, I'm definitely wanting to do the healthier choice. And then when the meeting actually took place, it was flipped where 75% actually ate chocolate cake, right? Because at that moment, they were giving in to their, their toddler brain. And they thought, well, nobody's going to know what I put on the card anyway, right? So that is just, that is what's happening to us. So, I mean, there's so many things that that we can do for our bodies, like I talked about in the Seductive Six uh, last Wednesday, that we can do through uh, lowering our frequency of eating, uh, lowering our uh, deep 
decreasing, increasing the amount of time that we go without eating, balancing our hormones, and then getting our dopamine spikes uh, reduced. And then with this, uh, using a per certain part of our brain that is more likely to lead to our success. So when you think about it that way, they're like way cool things that we can do that aren't that hard, right? They're, they're not as hard as they are before you have the knowledge to carry it out. So creating tomorrow's real for me food plan. All right, now the name of it says it all, all right? It's going to be what you're eating tomorrow. Tomorrow's real for me. Real for me means this is what I will eat, okay? And that means that you're not going to put some pie in the sky, healthy, you know, uh, uh, meals and snacks and everything perfect all throughout the day. You're going to do what's real for me. My weight loss coach, who I learned this from, calls it uh, the 24-hour realistic plan. Of course, I call it tomorrow's real for me plan, right? <laughs> because it's fun to have hyphens, real for me. Okay. So anyway, yeah, I'm a language arts teacher. All right. So this real for me food plan just is what we're going, what you're going to eat tomorrow. That's it. It's not counting. It's not looking anything up. You don't have to look a thing up. You don't have to put anything in your Fitbit. You don't have to put anything in your fitness, my fitness pal. Um, you don't have to know the macros. You don't have to know the calories. All you are doing is using your prefrontal cortex to decide what you're going to eat tomorrow, right? And this is the beginning of habit formation. It is the beginning of deciding ahead of time. Now, you, the reason it's called real for me is because you want to put on that plan for tomorrow what you'll really eat. So, you know, don't put okra and, you know, um, kombucha or kombucha and, um, you know, plain, fat-free yogurt um, mixed with berries, even though it tastes so terrible and you would never eat it, okay? If you like those things, that's wonderful. You can put those on there. But put your real for me. So in other words, we don't even need to make any changes. You can put Snickers bars on it. You can put whatever you want on it. Make a plan of what you really will eat, okay? And um, when you write it out, you are going to be conscious of what you're, going, what you're planning to eat. So it's immediately going to do one thing, and it's going to trigger your brain to think, hmm, I, I eat a ding-dong out of the vending machine every day. I'm going to put it on there because I'll probably do it. All right, and that's okay because this is the beginning of habit formation. Put whatever you usually eat. Then tomorrow, eat only what you have written down. You can eat less, but not more. All right, so for me, it's pretty simple because I eat twice a day. So I usually eat at two and seven or three and eight. It's getting later in the summer than I like for it to be, um, just with our summer schedules and things like that. But I eat twice a day, so it's no big deal. This first meal, I'm going to eat these things. The second meal, I'm going to eat these things. But you should put everything, all of your snacks, all of your meals in everything, all right? We're going to make habits, imp habit improvements as we go in tiny increments. And a lot of this teaching about incremental habits and the 1% that I'm getting ready to teach came from one of my favorite books, uh, James, Clear, Atomic, James Clear's Atomic Habits. All right, so if it says Snickers bar, you eat the Snickers bar. If it says two apples, you eat two apples, whatever it says. It must be real for you or you won't stick to it. And it's not for a perfect eating plan, okay? It's going to show you what you truly eat and you're going to practice starting to use your prefrontal cortex to make decisions ahead of time. 
All right, so you're going to do this every day or every night for the next day, right? And it shouldn't take more than two or three minutes. Okay, that's another thing. It's very, very simple. It's not, you know, this long thing where you're typing everything in your iPad at night and you're looking up foods and you're pulling recipes and you're pinning and you're doing all this kind of stuff. All right, simple, simple, simple. Because we do not stick to anything that's too complex. You can add complexity later, but we do not stick to anything right off the bat that's too complex. And that's been a big problem, you know, for me because I like complex. I like a lot of steps. I like, I, I like to do. I'm a doer. And, um, but this has just totally turned me around because now I am simple. Not simple-minded, just simple. All right. So um, at first, you will not feel like it's diet and you'll be like, this is stupid. Why am I writing on here? I'm eating a ding dong. Why am I writing on here that I'm eating a bag of potato chips out of the vending machine? All right. We're going to, we're going to jump up pretty soon to better habits. All right. That's next. So each week or so, depending on how quickly you want to develop a new habit, how much you want to change, we're going to do what I call the 1% jump up. Okay. My weight loss coach calls it um, a level up. They're doing a level up. You're doing a level up. I call it a 1% jump up because I like to keep the focus like James Clear does in his book, Atomic Habits, on the fact that it's a 1% change. Everybody in the world can make a 1% change, right? A 1% change is today I do no push-ups, tomorrow I do a push-up. You're doing 1% more push-ups than you did today. Okay, that was really advanced math there. All right, everybody can make a 1% jump up. Everybody can. And guess what? 1% jump up plus 1% jump up plus 1% jump up plus 1% jump up plus 1% jump up. You seeing a pattern here? You are eventually going to be at a 20% jump up. And 20% better eating than you are now, which will probably be a 20% uh, reduction in your uh, bad foods or your less than stellar foods. I don't like to call foods, foods good and bad. You're, you know, a 20% change in, you know, adding more healthy foods and so forth. So 1% jumps. Four cookies goes down to two cookies. A thick crust pizza goes down to thin crust pizza. One soda is replaced by water. So the next day you might write your whole plan and then you cross out your soda at noon and you put a water. My 1% change uh, this over the last week was, um, drinking only water with my two meals because I like to drink stevia lemonade um, and I want to drink more water and um, drinking sweets with my meals makes me overeat. So that was my 1% jump up. Just my two meals, no more stevia sweet and lemonade with it. I am drinking water with it instead, right? It's just a 1% jump up. And I already ate less and lost weight. <laughs> I mean, just from that one change, that's the only change I made that last week. All right. Um, drinking a large 650 calorie drink so instead you go to starbucks and you stop getting the 650 calorie drink and you get a 400 calorie drink for a couple weeks for a week and then the next week you get a 300 calorie drink and the next week you get down to a 100 calorie drink and you are it's not just about the calories if you watched my um six seductive con craving concentrations video from last wednesday and it's in the link here the link is here if you watch that that 650 calorie drink is loaded with fat and sugar, which are two at, at, at pretty intense levels. So that means that the dopamine spike is gonna be huge with that. And you're going to have to repeat that habit 
morning after morning after morning if you keep doing it frequently. But if you go from a 650 to a 450, the intensity is lessened, the dopamine spike is lessened, you'll still need that 450 calorie drink every morning for a while, but the concentrations of the seductions are lessened and you can go with less and less and you can keep on making those 1% jump ups. Um, eating three times a day instead of four or five. Um, and like a progression that I made, for example, is that I used to have full-size Dove milk chocolate bars and full-size peanut M&Ms. And um, I did actually, uh, from Hungry Brain, and I talked about that last week too, um, I did go from uh, keeping them in the house to having Ray pick them up at the gas station for me. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a jump up. Then my next 1% jump up was fun sizes. Even if I had two, it was better than having three. And then my next jump up was clearing the house of those completely and going to stevia sweetened chocolate or dark chocolate. And I taught about that last week on Free Friday. Uh, you can find the videos on my homepage um, and also at DonnaReach.com. And uh, that was, those were my 1% jump ups. And those were, that was a progression. I'm not just saving the 240 calories from a Dove candy bar or from a peanut m and M. I am, I've gone from that to about a hundred calorie little thing of chocolate. So that is something, but that isn't the only thing I've done. I made habit changes. I made changes that I can stick with for life. I've lowered my seduction, so I'm lowering my cravings. And again, back to that perfect storm of improved health and improved weight loss gradually. All right, so eventually, those who just want a perfect protocol tomorrow, eventually, now just stop and think. If you are bulking at this, right, you're bulking at this and you're not, you haven't been losing weight and you don't eat very healthfully, okay? You have to ask yourself, am I bulking at this because it's not big enough, because it's not grandeur enough, because I want immediate uh, and large weight loss, right? Because if, if we're doing that, then we're just doing what we've always done which has not led to permanent changes, right? So don't knock the uh, real to me, real for me food plan for tomorrow and don't knock the 1% jump ups because those are things that you're likely to stick with when you haven't stuck with something else in the past. Okay, so eventually, Eventually, for those of you who want perfection, eventually you're going to create a food protocol where you list all the foods you eat every day, um, except for your one or two free foods each week. Not cheap foods, not cheap meals, and definitely not cheap days. Just, that's another video for another day. <laughs> it does not work, right? It, you just undo everything you've done um, if you truly have, you know, Whatever I want, it's my free day, it's my cheat day, I'm off my diet. Has to be, these things have to be something that we can do for the rest of our lives. All right, so right now your protocol is whatever you want it to be. Snickers, ding dongs, barbecue potato chips, whatever you want it to be. But with each 1% jump up, you eat better and better in a more natural, 
habitual manner that you are able to stick with. And all the while, you are using your decide ahead of time method to keep you on track. You're using your prefrontal cortex instead of your toddler brain. Right, now, there will be times that you will eat your plan perfectly the next day, and there will be times that you'll, be, you'll do something else, and you'll say, I didn't stick with it. That's all right. Just do it again tomorrow. Just do it again the next day. Just do it again the next day. Because the more you practice it, the better you get at it, and also because this is something that you're going to do for the rest of your life. So it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter if it's perfect yet. Right, when I look at something that I'm going to do forever, does it really matter if it's perfect tomorrow? Because I'm going to be doing it five years from now. I'm going to be doing it 10 years from now, right? So it doesn't matter if it's perfect. Um, also, I put a link there for help in creating a real food protocol versus non-real foods. Eventually, you want to get where you have this master list of things that you choose from. And um, I'm going to teach on this in my group. You can join my group if you like. It's a, there's a link to it. I want to teach on it in my group because I started with the... Um, like a real foods list from online. And then I just, you know, added like I have that, uh, for example, the one that I started with was the 200 calorie, the 200 free foods from Weight Watchers. And it's all real foods because they're all free on the Weight Watchers plan. So I started with that and then I added my, you know, potatoes, brown rice, sweet potatoes, um, you know, quinoa, Cheerios, you know, 1% milk, whatever, almond milk, um, what else did I add to that? Definitely lots of meats that were not on there um, because they only have chicken uh, on there. Uh, nuts, you know, then I added more real foods to it, but I started with that. And then I also put on there what I knew that I was going to eat for a while. I know I'm going to eat my sprouted bread. I know I am. I know I'm going to eat Jeff peanut butter. That's me. I'm eating Jeff peanut butter. I know I'm going to eat my chocolates that I make. I know I'm going to eat, these are like daily things. And I know I'm going to, I mean, you know, things that are typically on my plan, not my free foods. I know I'm going to eat um, butter. I know I'm going to eat uh, chicken thighs. I know I'm going to eat beef, you know, um, nuts. So then I added those to it. And then I had this like, these, these are the foods that are good for me to eat every day. Now, the beauty of the way I did it is that it did not focus on a certain macro. And so it's, you're getting fats, you're getting carbs, and you're getting proteins when you just make a real food list as, as opposed to a certain macro. Now, if you are really, really good at staying on a certain protocol that involves, you know, a certain focus on a macro or lessening a macro, so maybe a low-fat diet or a low-carb diet or a keto diet, or a paleo diet, or vegan, or vegetarian, or nutritarian, or whatever, if you're really good at that, then that would be your protocol, right? Um, but for me, I was really good and much better at real foods because watermelon, corn, big potatoes, you know, things that I liked. And then I also added things like vanilla wafers because I like vanilla wafers and I have them here for the grandkids and that's something uh, that I like. I added uh, low sugar jelly because I liked um, jelly on my sprouted bread. Uh, like I said, Jip peanut butter and so forth. So that's going to be your eventual goal is to have a real foods protocol. And then tomorrow I'm just choosing from this protocol. These are my three meals, whatever it might be. Um, and that's my tomorrow's real to me food plan. So there you have it, right? It is something that is 
consistent with how habits are created. It's consistent with how the most advantageous way for the brain to function. Using our prefrontal cortex, not our toddler brain where we are throwing fits because we can't have Skittles. We're deciding ahead of time. Deciding ahead of time is one of the best things that we can do in our lives for virtually everything. <laughs> it is for our exercise. It is for our, our work each day. It is for our weight management. It is for our parenting. It is for our homeschooling. It is for our children, helping them to decide ahead of time, how are you going to respond when you are treated this way for relationships? How am I going to respond? Deciding ahead of time using the adult part of your brain is the best way to live, right? And it's also the best way to develop weight management protocols for yourself. So thank you so much for joining me in this Weighty Wednesday. I know it got long again, um, but I do have resources. Uh, I have my next course beginning on Monday. So the sign-up is there at the bottom uh, at the resources and future help uh, for number one. The next session of my course starts Monday and the sign-up will end on Sunday night. So uh, you can jump on that link and check that out if you'd like. Um, I have where you can subscribe to the blog and also where you can join the Facebook group where I teach about all of this stuff all the time. So thanks for joining me for another Weighty Wednesday. Tomorrow is Thoughts Thursday. And um, I'm going to be dissecting the concept of uh, positive thinking and uh, applying it to our lives and asking the question, does positive thinking in the way that we have thought of, you know, clicking our heels together and, you know, closing our eyes and thinking that we're going to win the lottery, does that really work or not? So, and um, uh, just what does work. So that is for tomorrow, Thoughts Thursday. I'll see you then.